No, and as a dad, I I would have done what anybody told me, the medical staff, the nurse, the janitor. <laughs> you did. I, it would just be like, do this. I'm like, all my critical thinking went away. <laughs> Welcome to With You Podcast. I'm David. And I'm Tara. I'm a marriage and family therapist and professor. And I'm a birth doula and educator. And we're married to each other. We've raised four kids. And we're in professions, as you see, that deal with coming alongside people. Right. So in this podcast, we're going to share what we've learned about relationships and life transitions. We'll do that by sharing our own experiences, by interviewing people who have a great story to tell. Mm -hmm. And we've got some expert interviews to, to give us some even better information. It's going to be so good. Let's get started. Please join us. So I'm I'm excited about today because today uh, I'm going to interview Tara. Oh boy! So you get to be the expert and I can be the interviewer. <laughs> okay. So we'll see how this goes. This may be our last podcast. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> it's been good knowing you. No, uh, I think it'd be interesting for us to maybe this one and another one talk about kind of what we do in our day jobs. Oh, yeah. When we're not doing well, podcasting. I've been told I can't share all the information about what I do in my day job. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't want to leave marks on people. <laughs> so, but so what, what do you do? Uh, so I'm a doula. Okay. So, so you should know I what? explain the elevator speech? Yeah, yeah. I don't have any, you know, I'll pretend. I don't know. What is a doula? I've never heard that <laughs> word before. Common question. Most people can confuse what a doula does with what a midwife does. It has to do with birth. First of all, the word doula yeah. is a Greek word that means servant. Oh, Usually really? woman servant. So that word got applied to birth work in, in terms of a woman who is serving a family as they're preparing for birth and in the middle of their birth experience. Okay. So I I prepare people for the birth of their child and most of all, what you're aware of um, that I do when I come home tired in the middle of the night is I attend them in the labor mm -hmm. to provide informational support, basically explaining what might be happening, what their options are, and then um, hands-on comfort if they're, you know, if they're trying to go through labor unmedicated or if they're having medication, it's providing them with information about their choices. So Tara, what if they want an epidural or they know they're having a C-section? Yeah, that's that's a common misconception about what doulas do. <laughs> so a lot of people do think that we're just there for the people who who want a completely unmedicated, what some people term as a natural birth. Yeah. Um, but we're there for people, whatever their choices are. We don't have a um, our own goals or plans for how their births go. So we are there for people. We're cheering them on if they want an epidural. We're helping them choose when a good time for that is. And we're hired by people who know they're having a C-section too. So we provide support in whatever circumstances that are going to happen for their birth. So it's whatever, wherever. It can be a <laughs> home, home birth. Well, not wherever, but like at home or at the hospital yeah. or at a birthing center. There's like women's birthing centers. All of those things. Yeah. Oh, okay. I attend births in people's homes and in hospital, most of the time in the hospitals, because that's the percentage of, you know, most people have their babies in the hospitals. So I attend births in hospitals all over Chicagoland. Yeah. Like, I don't know how many, but at least 20. Um, and birth centers and even occasionally in a car. 
<laughs> That's a story for another time. That wow. wasn't intentional. No, no. So it's it's planned and not planned places, but you're collaborating with the medical field. Right. And the point is that we support the family's goals for their birth, no matter what their plan for pain management is and their um, their vision for their birth. We're there to support their vision. Yeah. So that can be lots of different ways. And of course, if their plan changes from what they originally had intended, we're there to make that as comfortable and positive as possible. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, because I think when we first started talking about this, I thought, oh, it's only home births and that it's kind of, of think against that. medical kind of community, but it really isn't. No, no. I mean, that's another question we get a lot is people who are anxious about being in a medical setting. Sometimes we'll be asked in an interview if we'll advocate for them. And sometimes people think that means we're going to come between them and the medical staff. Mm. And that's not our scope of practice at all. In fact, our goal is to have harmony with yeah. everybody who's involved with the birth. That's the best thing for the birthing family. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's what we're there to help facilitate. So we really work on having good relationships with the medical providers. And that's important to the person who's giving birth at their atmosphere, that everybody gets along and that we're on the same page. And when people say, will you advocate for me? We have to have a conversation about what that looks like. Yeah. yeah, we're helping them to follow their vision for the birth, but it's in a way where we want to help them find their own voice. Yeah, you're empowering. You're empowering them. I know yeah, you talk that, about... That word means a lot of different things okay, to different people. Okay, so maybe people. that's <laughs> not the right thing. So you're reminding them of the birth plan that they wrote and saying, hey, this might be a place to have that conversation. Well, somewhat, but um, also just things come up whenever things come up. Um, we're there to remind them, hey, you could have a few, ask for a few minutes to ask some questions or to think about this. So we're helping them make sure they, at all times, what we we feel is a positive birth experience is when people feel fully supported and they know all their options mm. and they feel like a full participant in their healthcare. So that's our goal. Okay. So that's really your side of it with the patient or with the mother and the partner. What does it look like for the medical staff? Like, how do you think the medical staff feels about having doulas in the delivery room? Well, that can vary. Um, of course, in a home birth setting, we're welcomed with open arms. The midwives, uh, you know, we usually get there before the midwives, um, and it's a very collaborative situation. And every provider is different, you know, but we, we work on good relationships and we have friendships with a lot of the providers because we work alongside them. So often we see it as a teamwork situation and that's what we work on um, making happen. So you do kind of the, when they find out, when people find out they're pregnant, uh, mm -hmm. probably surprise. And then the first thing they do besides calling their partner is call you. And well, say, sometimes. Would you be a doula? <laughs> yeah. And your, I just want to make sure I get this. Your job is to educate like what the process is, not like delivering the baby, but giving them information, anticipating the birth and then pain management and support and being with them. Yeah. Good one. During the Yeah. <laughs> so experience. yeah, we do provide them with a lot of information before the birth, depending. I mean, some people hire us the minute they take the pregnancy test. That's usually our repeat clients. A lot of people don't find out what doula support is until they're well into their third trimester. So we've been hired as late as 38 weeks or even a little bit later, and we have a little less time to get that information in. But a lot of what we do to help people have a better experience is to understand 
what's going to happen, what to expect, how different birthing locations will provide different options and how that'll affect their birth experience. I've learned so much from our dining room table as we talk about mm -hmm. uh, women's health and the birth process and all of, it's just fascinating. Maybe we can talk a little bit about that, but how did you, how did you find out about being a doula, <laughs> like doula in? Cause we didn't have, I, no. I was there at our four births. We did not have I that know. kind of support. You were my doula. You did a good job. Oh, oh really? <laughs> you did. Oh, thanks. But I didn't I, feel I, like I, I did know. a great job. I still do remember the look of fear in your eyes, which is, <laughs> which is why dads appreciate doulas too. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's hard to see the person that you love su suffering or in pain and go, would you like ice chips? And that's the extent of the comfort support that I was yeah, able no, to provide. Yeah, no, we didn't have that kind of, I didn't, we didn't know what that was. No, when, we didn't. And, and it probably wasn't very easy to find then. It's become more popular. There's a lot more doulas around. Well, we um, did have, give birth out in the cornfields and. Well, not literally. Oh, no, 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 that's right. <laughs> we gave birth in hospitals um, for all four of our kids, three different states. So we had lots of experiences, yeah. but no, we took the childbirth classes, we read the books, but there's a lot to be said about having continuous support in person yeah. when you're going through that, because you can read things and really not remember them when you're in the middle of contractions. No. And as a dad, I, I would have done what anybody told me, the medical staff, the nurse, the janitor, <laughs> you did. I, it would just be like, <laughs> do this. I'm like, all my critical thinking went away and it was just like, I'll do whatever, yeah. which it would have been nice having kind of like a coach, a birth coach. Yeah. There to yeah. And that's another good way up. of describing what we do. I, in a previous life before I did doula work, I was an editor. So very different profession. And I, I didn't get excited about in, uh, being involved in other people's birth experiences until we had our own and realized it wasn't everything we thought it would be. We felt kind of on our own in the hospital, felt like the stuff we had read didn't apply once yeah. we were in you know, in the situation ourselves. And so I learned about childbirth education. That's what I, tr I started getting trained to do. And okay. in the process of that, my training organization also trains doulas. And I discovered what that was. And it's somebody who is doing the work of a childbirth educator and a hands-on coach and comforter, encourager, advocate, guide. And I was, that was completely my jam <laughs> because the first time I, I witnessed a birth, nice neighbors of ours agreed to let me just come and observe as part of my training for childbirth education. Yeah. And in the process of being in the hospital and getting to hands-on say, oh yeah, that's normal. That's good. She, she's doing a great job. Or here, dad, why don't you press her back right here? I realized that's, that's where it's at. I loved so it. So good. And yeah. it has... There's a new light in your eyes mm -hmm. in that you didn't have editing. Editing, there was yeah. a little bit of like sadness in your eyes. Yeah, well, finding mistakes versus finding people's strengths. Yeah. <laughs> really. <laughs> it's a huge, it's a huge shift in kind of yeah. just reorienting uh kind of the purpose of what you do in life as a as a calling, as a vocation. It's been so fun to kind of witness that and see the joy that comes around, even though it's dealing with people in pain. Yeah. I mean, that's been a, the biggest shift because I don't like pain yeah. <laughs> in my personal life. I, you know, I think most people tend to avoid it and tend to think pain is the worst thing that we could experience on this earth. But I've learned a lot about pain, which you appreciate because as a therapist, that's your mind set yeah. as well. But I not, not that I appreciate pain, but that I, especially Pur purposeful, the pain. purposeful pain, 
functional pain yeah, that's a good is term. really different than pathological pain. Yeah. And when I explain that to my families that I work with, sometimes a light goes on in their eyes too, especially when I'm telling the dads who maybe were in sports or the moms who, you know, have run a marathon or something. And you say, look, this is an athletic event. This yeah. is not somebody pulling your teeth out without anesthetic. It's not, that's not a fair comparison. This is your muscle you know, your whole body, your physiology working to get your child in your arms. And it's that process is created. We've all we've all been born. All of us have come out in one way or another. And so when you see it from that perspective that this is going to happen, it's something I can prepare for. My body was created to do this. And I have people around me in case there's a complication, because, of course, it doesn't always go perfectly. But most times when it's left uninterrupted, it does. Yeah, that's been that's been the most amazing thing is you've helped recalibrate for me. Pregnancy is not a disorder. It's not <laughs> a medical problem. It's a normal developmental process that the body really wants to do most of the time on its own or, or there's a natural process to that and how do you support that with resources available if there is a problem but that's a a different mindset i think in the especially in the west here in the u.s that birth is a medical procedure and almost disease like pregnancy well, yeah. is a disease. It, it can feel to people like an accident waiting to happen and I mean, strangely and sadly, in our country, with the most medical advances, we have some of the worst outcomes for moms and babies mm-hmm. who are giving birth. So it doesn't it doesn't show that all of the interventions that we're doing are actually creating better outcomes. So there's a movement to push back to, you know, well, I think it keeps going back and forth. It seems to move towards let's leave it un- uninterrupted and be present in case of complication. And then our system is set up to control the process. So it keeps getting pushed back to, you know, let's induce everybody at 39 weeks and let's, you know, put a time limit on labor. And all of these things really change the process and change the outcomes. Yeah. Can you... Would could you really quickly kind of go through that cascade? And we talk about the cascade effect, that idea of induction being a, a common thing, uh, and it's it's helpful at times. It's an important medical intervention, but just how we when we move from a healthy kind of model of birth to an intervention model of birth, what all goes into that? Well, I think to to think about that, and I mean, we could talk about interventions all day and how one might lead to another. But the place that helps to come from is thinking about birth in terms of physiology and normal natural physiology, what's supposed to be happening. If you left a woman alone and if you know, the process unfolded in the way it usually does in nature, what should be happening and how do we interrupt that even just by our location of birth? So the physiology is a magical thing when you understand the hormonal process that initiates birth and science doesn't even completely understand it. What we know, I mean, I think that the most common understanding of how birth starts is that the baby initiates it. Something in the, the maturation of the lungs, you know, releases something that interacts with the mother's physiology and that starts the process. So just at the get-go, if that's what's supposed to happen and we start it medically at a different time and we don't know how soon the baby would have started the process, we're already 
interrupting that flow that would have started the hormonal, you know, wow, that's cool. cascade. Yeah. I learn something every time we talk about birth. <laughs> I didn't know that. And I have a developmental degree, so I'm feeling I need to do some more reading. Yeah. It's pretty cool when you think about the the mother and the baby and how closely connected they are to each other's physiology. So one deeply affects the other in the process of birth. And in the process, you know, we know about the magical oxytocin. You know a lot about oxytocin. I love oxytocin. <laughs> it's the love hormone. Oh, yeah. And, and the connection, the attachment. <laughs> the connection hormone. The attachment drug. Yeah. So people are surprised to learn that that hormone that's the one that makes us fall in love is also the same hormone that creates the strong contractions that get the baby out. So they create that intensity of labor. Mm. And we need that to be at a strong level to create strong contractions to get the baby out. But oxytocin is also a shy hormone. So when I prepare people for birth, I tell them, you know, when you're having a really special date with somebody that you love, yeah. you set a sensory stage for that. Usually mm. you're going to have lower lights at a special date night. You know, imagine a, a oh, really fancy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> I'll bring out Barry White. So low lights, you might have music playing, you might have good tasting food, you know, touch is usually involved, all these sensory mm -hmm. things that enhance oxytocin and the feeling of safety and security and privacy. And all of those things help the flow of this large dose of oxytocin. The same exact conditions are necessary for oxytocin in labor. Mm. So it makes sense that the, the location that we choose sometimes is kind of the, the exact opposite of that setting or we're, we're arriving at the hospital where there's fluorescent lights and there's strangers coming in and talking to us and beep, beeping machines and our adrenaline and our cortisol are rising. Those directly conflict with oxytocin. And so sometimes labor stops or it slows down or it becomes interrupted. Um, and sometimes it's just because we're we're still not doing anything that would be called an intervention, but even just the setting is interrupting that flow and that cascade of, of hormones that are, are necessary. So that's why sometimes you go early with them and set the mood uh, in terms of the hospital room and kind of after the intake and all of that, turning down the lights, getting their playlist. And it makes more sense now because I always joke around of like, do you have like salt and peppers? Push, push it, it real, real good, good. <laughs> and uh, that's the end song but uh, kind of the music to relax to get into that state where there's safety security for the for the oxytocin to heart, start with the contractions yeah and i mean yeah that's the contractions. contraction or attraction or attraction yeah that's the first thing that a doula usually does in the hospital room is is set the mood and it can be seen as like oh yeah hippy dippy trippy doula <laughs> well i did stuff. see you outside in the parking lot <laughs> hugging a tree before you came in <laughs> right and howling at the moon and <laughs> yep, stuff yep 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 that sounds yeah. like you so people can see that as just okay whatever you know if you need your your fairy lights and your underwater dolphin birth and whatever yeah 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 um tell me about the science behind that not just the hippy dippy part right i mean neuroscience tells us that we need certain conditions for certain brain activity and in labor you go into actually this is you'll find this fascinating but i don't know enough about it to try to explain it here but read about brain waves and labor because they change. You go into these deeper brain waves. That's why people go into kind of a almost an altered state when they're in deep active labor where they can't answer questions. They, yeah, they're they not turn, using- They turn inward, right? They almost. very much go internal, can't use their thinking brain. Hmm. And we interrupt that by asking constant questions and 
getting them out of that state also interrupts the whole flow of their their hormonal process that allows labor to move forward well. So setting the stage helps to to make people feel less, um, you know, less interrupted, more secure and safe, private. The same conditions a mammal needs to give birth, you know, and if you ever lived on a farm or I had dogs and cats growing yeah, up. I had that, fish. Yeah, yeah you didn't really, see that. Yeah, not, they, I'm pretty sure like we eggs. didn't have a mammal fish. <laughs> that would have been a dolphin. We just had cold no. fish. Well, when I was little, we had a dog that had puppies when I was young in our house. And when we lived in Africa, I had a cat that had kittens all the time. They don't come into the middle of a room that's brightly lit with a bunch of people and just have their babies. They always wait till nighttime. It's dark. They go find a closet in a warm spot. And we're we kind of need similar conditions to that to feel safe because you know there's a part of our brain as parents even now that's always assessing is this situation safe is this place safe for me to have my child or to you know to protect my family and so there's part of our brain that's doing that when we're giving birth that's remarkable and we could spend hours and hours on this i i do want to move to one other i have two more questions for you one is maybe it's a statement, not a question of, uh, for those of you that don't know Tara in everything she does, it's about bringing people together, whether it is editing and bringing together, uh, people in terms of readership and, and good prose, but in the birth process of bringing together the treatment team, but also the couple, it's always fascinating to me how, on some level, you're like a couples therapist as well. I mean, I'm a little jealous. You get to be an educator, you get to be a coach, and then you're also a relational specialist in the doula role with the couple during and after, just in terms of the storytelling of the process, the birth process. Yeah, it's one of the things I love about it is being there in person because people are under stress at the, you know, when they're in labor and experiencing things they've never felt before and seeing their partner in a way they've never seen them before, yeah. perhaps, yeah. usually. There's usually a yeah. lot of language. I mean, yeah. we'd have well, to mark this one explicit if we actually had like a birth process I, happening. I always tell people everything's forgiven in labor <laughs> and I will not tell. I don't tell what yeah. people say in the process of pushing their baby out. Um, but yeah, I get to see, I get to see couples in a very intimate setting and experiencing things that are very stressful. Sometimes having to make decisions together and seeing each other go through stressful times. And so, I love enhancing the positive parts. When I leave, I always tell them, "I think you're an amazing team. Yeah. You're doing a great job together." I take pictures during the birth and I don't take pictures when the dad's in the corner texting. I take pictures when he's got his hand on her head, you know, the moments of connection so that when they look back, they can remember we did this together. Yeah. We, as therapists, we highlight the successes. You can be kind of problem saturated or resilient and kind of positive, positive saturated focus. And you really do that regardless of the outcome, whether it's a vaginal birth or a C-section, there's this connection that you foster that's just beautiful. And, you know, it's fun to brag on you because I know you wouldn't do it for yourself. Um, How how do people get in touch with doula? Like, how do you find a doula? Is there 1-800-DOULA-ME? Or... It kind of is, okay. yeah. Yeah, there's a great website called doulamatch.net. That, I mean, <laughs> that's for, so that's, I think that's just for the U.S. Okay. But, but um, doulas can register on there for their area. So you can type in your area code and, or not your area code, your zip code. Okay. And it'll tell you 
it'll show you the doulas that are in within a certain radius of your area and they have their availability list. So that's one way. Word of mouth is always good. Asking yeah. your medical provider if they've ever used a doula and who they recommend is good. So where a lot of my referrals come from, from OBs and midwives. Yeah. And people can find you and your team, right? Because it's uh, it's important, not just relationships with the, the mom and the partner, but uh, having a team because you're only one woman and there's only so many births and nights you can yeah, stay I up. I always try to be more than one. I know. One is <laughs> one is quite enough for me. Thank you very much. Uh, but like, how do people find you and your team who all have the same kind of philosophy and and yeah, well, in the Chicago set. land area, um, my doula services are under Family First Birth Services and also With You Parenting. Um, so people can find us there if they're in Chicago and we have a we, we do consults too. To, if people are sh- aren't sure they want a doula there in the room, we also do just the prep, like helping you find the great a great provider that matches with your philosophy and helping you prepare for what to expect. But, you know. In any area of the country that you live, there's probably somebody that serves that that area. So word of mouth is great to go on, you know, Facebook moms groups. They usually have a lot to say. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I was going to, I was going to ask you like, what questions should they ask? But it sounds like it's about goodness of fit. As you were talking about, it's finding someone that you feel safe with that you kind of vibe. I think the kids say vibe vibe with. (laughs) Um, I don't think that's, I don't think that's the right use of that word, but Finding finding a good fit for you that there, and if you interview a doula and it doesn't feel great or connection to find that good fit, right? Would that be? Yeah, I think that's thing? number one. I mean, that fits with this is our whole focus in life is that that relational connections one of the most important things in life. So that's why I do what I do, and that's why we're talking about it today because. It's not just about having some technician that's going to be there to give you back rub during labor. It's it's a relationship and it's somebody that hopefully can enhance the experience for you with information and personal support. So you have to feel comfortable with that person. You're going to spend some hours with that person. So, um, you know, it the, the fit is important relationally, but experience is good, too. I, I really recommend that you look for somebody who's um, certified. Mm. And so you can always ask them about that or look that up on their website. Are there certain certifications? Yeah. I mean, there's lots of companies that certify. So that's that's too long a list to go into. But maybe we'll list something on the show notes. Um, But yeah, I think fit is the most important thing that you feel like you could trust that person when you're at your most vulnerable yeah. Well, it's been great interviewing you. This went better than I thought. I I really, I You were afraid I was going to talk about like placentas and weird stuff oh, like that. Oh, yeah. Right? And, you know, <laughs> mucus plugs and I could talk the... about birth all day. So, you know, we're going to have more episodes where we tell actual birth stories. Yeah. But we'll save that for a little the, later. The one thing that I just require, I support you completely in all of this. But when you come home from a birth, you need to do what first? Wash my clothes. Wash your clothes. Take a shower. You're covered in. <laughs> all sorts of stuff and maybe that's a great place to end <laughs> so thank thank you for coming in and interviewing yeah, today Tara. thanks for chatting yeah all right we'll talk later thank you so much for spending time with us today we invite you to visit our show notes page and website for more resources and information if you like what you heard please rate review and subscribe to our podcast and share with your friends that would be a huge favor to us thanks Bye-bye. bye bye